You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast, the place where course creators go to sell more of their online courses. And I'm super excited this week because we have a very special guest all the way from the USA. A little bit about this person. She's an Instagram expert. She's globally recognized as a blogger, a speaker, a consultant, an author. She's straight talking. She's Instagram loving. She's a high heel wearing and she's gone from mum to mini fashionista. So let me introduce the one and only Ms. Jen Herman from Jen's Trends. Jen, how are you? I'm good. Hello. Hello to everybody listening and watching too. Now, Jen, I'd like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one of those? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I, I live and die by that. I believe that we're all out to constantly learn more and be better. And it's, you know, it's great to know a lot about something, but you should never be the smartest person in the room or you are not learning from anybody else at that point. Yes, I love that. Do you want to, have you got any uh, question on that, Jen? Because that quote means quite a lot to me. Have you got a specific experience where that hit you and you were like, okay, you know what? I need to get in front of more people or I need to get out of this pub where there's all bums in here or... <laughs> have you got well, you know it, it actually even just it just happened again today even in my own facebook group where i'm it's my facebook group i'm the expert people come to me for everything and i don't know all the answers i don't even claim to try to know all the answers and someone had just posed a, a question in the group today about the new checkout feature on instagram and i was like girl i don't know but i know there's so many other incredibly talented people in the group and i I literally tagged one of them and said, hey, can you give some insight onto this? And he was like, well, I don't know, but I'll tag so-and-so. And she was able to help answer the question. So being in that network of people, whether it's you know a small group mastermind, which I live and die by. Mm-hmm. I have a small group mastermind. There's four of us. And if the four of us can't figure it out, we know the person who can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's kind of one of those things like you know, tides rise all the boats. Um, and when you can work together and have that right network, no matter how big or small that is, it just really helps to lift you as then you can help lift more people in the process. Yes. Love that. That's actually my favorite quote as well. So I like you even more now, Jen. I can share, a, <laughs> can share, yeah, well, I can share an experience where I figured it out, right? My background's actually in fitness. And I used to be as part of a, a fitness bootcamp franchise. And there were 75 different franchises in the or locations in the franchise, right? And you were ranked based one to 75 based on how good you were. Now, starting off, take a guess what you think I was ranked. And don't be nice. Starting off, you got to be 75. You're fresh off the bat, right? I was, I was 75, right? <laughs> and we had to go to a convention at the end of the year where all 75 instructors went. And I didn't want to go. Because I'm like, oh, man, everyone's going to be better than me. I'm going to be a loser, yada, yada, yada. And now that, I, now that I know more about the way life works and that quote there, I'm like, no wonder I was coming 75th with that attitude, right? I should have been like, yes, awesome. I'm going to go to a place where there's 75 people better than me. Surely I can learn something. 
So I'm, and, I'm, I mean, you said you've been coming to social media marketing world, going to conferences, going to those events, whether you are brand new or you are, you've been doing this for 10 years, mm. going to those sorts of opportunities to meet other people and learn from them, no matter how long you've been doing it. Yeah. Like you said, you have to go with that mentality of I can learn from these people. I want to compete against people who are better than me because mm. they'll make me better. I want to learn from the people who know more than me because I can do better. Yes, love it. Well, you've inspired me, Jen. Now, I want to hear a little bit more about you. I obviously know your story. I've been following you a while. Um, but for people listening, maybe they're new to this sort of space. So if you want to give us a, a quick rundown, in a couple of minutes, what is it you actually do and, and how did you get into it? <laughs> so what do I do? Um, yeah, that's, that's always a good question. So technically, uh, I'm known within the world um, of Instagram. That's what I go to conferences for. I usually speak about Instagram. I'm usually in, you know, interviewed on podcasts for Instagram. I usually write about Instagram. Uh, but I actually, as my business, am a strategist. So I actually help clients of all sizes, from solopreneurs and small businesses, all the way up to global organizations, build their social media strategy, not just on Instagram, but social media in general. That usually includes Facebook and Instagram. Um, those are my two kind of forte areas, I guess. So that's what I really do in terms of, you know, driving revenue with my clients. But also, like I said, I travel the world when we can travel. Right now, it's a lot more virtual. Uh, but teaching and training people, whether it's social media, Facebook, or of course, Instagram, I love to teach. I love to train. I love to help people get that success that I know is out there. And so that's that's what I do. That's my passion. Um, now, how I got here is, is kind of one of those life happened stories. Um, I was working at the time and still do work for a, uh, a company. I've been doing both full-time job and full-time business for 10 or well, seven years. I've been doing both, but 10 years ago, I started this company and I was doing marketing for them and embrace social media. And it's a company that works with a lot of military personnel who are very closed door, right? Don't open the kimono. Don't tell people what's going on. Don't share. And that is social media. And so getting them to overcome those challenges and understanding the need to share and expose some of these behind the scenes aspects was one of those things I was like, well, if I can do this and I can, you know, reach this, I'm sure other people would want to learn from this. And so that was how Jen's trends in social media as a blog started. It was fun. It was random. Uh, it was, there was no strategy. There was no business plan. <laughs> I started it seven and a half years ago as a pure hobby. And in doing so, I fell in love with this little app called Instagram, uh, started playing around with it. And it was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. But how do you use it for business? Mm. And at the time, seven years ago, no one was blogging about Instagram. It was very mm. superfluous content. Like more things, use filters, follow more people. And I was like, no that's not strategy. So I started diving into it and I started researching and I started practicing and testing and doing case studies. And I blogged about all of this. And at the time I was doing three blog posts a week. One of those a week was dedicated to Instagram. So within a very short period of time, all of a sudden I was the only person blogging consistently about Instagram. And I started ranking on Instagram or on Google. And I started getting a ton of traffic. And then I started getting people interviewing me for podcasts because they were like, you seem to know the answers. 
And you have to remember, this was back before Instagram even had video. This was before Instagram had, you know, any of the features that we know now. It was very rudimentary back then. And even then, people were still really confused by the whole process. So I really kind of fell into this space. It was not a life plan uh, by any means. I have two degrees in science, um, which have nothing to do with (laughs) social media marketing. But because I have that scientific background, I like to come at things from a very scientific perspective. I like to test. I like to look at data. I like to pull things apart. I like to understand the science of how an algorithm works. And I use that in how I create content and how I teach. And so I've, I think, and I've been told um, that I'm able to take these kind of confusing or complex ideas and break them down in a way that people can understand them and use them better from you know, a marketing and branding perspective. Love it. Well, you've sold me and I'm sure you've, you've, uh, you've sold everyone else to be like, all right, I like this woman's style. I'm, I'm keen to listen to what she has to say. Um, before we get into some of the, the, the tips and, and tactics, Jen, I was hoping you could give my listeners a bit of an overview about why Instagram. You know, there's many yeah. different platforms out there. Most people watching this, listening to this are probably going to be Facebook people. They understand that side of things. And most people, most people listening to this will understand, okay, I know Instagram is important, but where does it sort of fit into the ecosystem? I know I need Facebook. I know I need a group. I know I need an email. You we know, need everything. Need, yeah. Where does, <laughs> um, let's say, where does Instagram fit in that sort of yeah. ecosystem? And what are some of the advantages that Instagram may have that are maybe <clears throat> a little bit harder to do yeah. on other apps? And then maybe even if you're feeling uh, up to it, maybe even some limitations where it's like, hey, Instagram's yeah. good, but it can't do this. So you need email or Facebook or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm going to put this caveat out there. So anybody can use Instagram. Any business can use Instagram. Not every business should. Mm. And there are reasons why it will work for you. And there's reasons why it won't work for you. First and foremost, anybody can. Okay. We've seen the most random of businesses I mean, medical examiners, you know, all these like random things. You're like, how are they successful on Instagram? Um, Personally, I love the TSA, the TSA, the Mm. people in the U.S. who make you take your shoes off at the airport, the probably single most hated government organization. They're amazing on Instagram. Like, Mm. so anybody can do it, but you have to be coming at it for the right reasons and understand how to create the content that supports your audience. Mm. So I mean, Facebook is obviously the king of the world, right? Like Facebook and YouTube are single-handedly, you know, the two biggest platforms and nothing is going to compete with the two of them. Instagram is a very close third, okay? Mm -hmm. They have over a billion monthly active users and that stat is old. They have not given us an update. I'm sure it's closer to at least one and a half billion at this point. Um, But I mean, that's, you know, I think Facebook was at 2.1 or 2.2 billion the last time they gave a status update. So half of what Facebook has, but with a billion monthly active users, your audience is there. Mm. One of the biggest excuses I get from people all the time when running their business is that they're like, well, Instagram is for the kids. And I'm like, no, honey, no. (laughs) With a billion people, trust me, it is way more than kids. And And actually, if you look at the demographics, there are way more people over the age of 40 using Instagram than there are using Twitter. Mm -hmm. So the people are there. You just have to know how and where to find them. And you have to make sure that you're creating the content that aligns with that. Obviously, selling a course on LinkedIn, a whole lot easier than selling a course on Instagram. 
you know, on LinkedIn, people expect to see that kind of content, right? They're expecting to learn and go to webinars and download, you know, videos and, and watch that sort of content. Facebook, still pretty common, especially in certain avenues. Instagram, people are thinking pretty pictures. Mm. How does that relate to selling a course or selling your product or, you know, your services? It doesn't always translate the same way. That doesn't mean it can't be done. And that's actually why I love Instagram um, is because it's not normal. Mm. (laughs) So I, I actually specialize in helping B2B businesses, helping those people with a service more so than a product actually use Instagram successfully. And one of the reasons I love Instagram as a business tool is because the traffic from Instagram is actually such a higher caliber of quality than any other platform on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Pinterest, it's link drop neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's like post with link, post with link, post Mm -hmm. with link. And all you're doing is pushing links, whether it's a photo, a video or text, almost everyone has a link in there. So link traffic it gets kind of spammy. People can click on them by accident. They don't, you know, they're fat thumbing when they're scrolling or something like that. So you can get a lot of junk traffic coming from those platforms. Instagram has one link in the bio. That's it. And to get someone to click on that link, you have to capture their attention. They have to see the first part of your caption, click dot, dot, dot more to read the whole caption, see your call to action, go to your profile, click on the link in your profile and get to that landing page. So they've taken multiple steps to get there, which means your bounce rate is virtually zero. Mm. They come there, they stay, they convert, they go to different pages, they download, they sign up, whatever it is you want them to do. They are high converting traffic because you've already earned their click by the time they get to your website. And so you may not get as much traffic from Instagram as you get from the other platforms, but the quality of traffic is so much better that I would rather invest in that. I would rather be like, Mm. you know, shoot that narrow net and know that it's going to fill up rather than shoot that wide net and hope that you catch something along the way. So that, I mean, that's some of the kind of the main reasons why I love it like tactically, but additionally, I just love it from a community standpoint. And you can, I'm sure you've had lots of experts on the show and every expert's going to say that their platform is the best (laughs) for building a community because they're all great. Mm. But Instagram to me, and and TikTok's probably a good rival in terms of community development, but the way Instagram is built, right? It's the quick scrolling, double tap to like, people don't see what you're doing. If I like 10 posts in a row, it doesn't notify all of my followers that I've liked those 10 posts like Facebook does, right? And which we tend to lurk more on Facebook than on Instagram, people are more actively engaged. And I've done this so many times with people who have followed me. I have a small account that I run with my daughter's um, content because we do homeschooling and activities. And so I post a bunch of like mommy blogger content and I literally will post something and someone will comment. And five minutes later, we're best friends. Mm. I'm not even joking. Like we are soulmates. We, like we are, she's in the UK and I'm over here in, in California and we're like best buddies in five minutes. And it's because of the way the platform is designed, of that level of interaction, that, that level of participation, people are very reciprocal with engagement. People are happy to engage in conversation for the mm. most part. And so it really does build this community and you can build such a loyal audience, but also algorithmically Instagram doesn't hide anything. So Facebook, we all know hides your stuff, right? Mm. Especially as a business page. They're like, Oh, we're going to show this to four people. Mm. (laughs) Like 
they choose what shows up. On Instagram, nothing is hidden. It is algorithmically sorted, but if you scroll far enough back, you actually see every post from every single account you follow. So you have, depending on how many people you follow and how often you log in, depends on how much you see, but nothing is hidden. So your content is there to be found. And there's so many ways to get exposure with things like hashtags and location tags that really allow you to expand that network and get that target audience to find your content so that you can sell more courses. Mm. That was a lot. We'll love it. Yes. <laughs> so much good info. I'm going to break it down and simplify it for some people that are like, oh my God, where do I start? I know. So- I'm like, I feel like I need to stop, but I need to keep going. There's so much to talk about. No, I, I love it. I'll, I'll share my biggest takeaways and let me know if I'm on the right track here. So yeah. uh, I like what Jen said when she's like, oh, Instagram is for the kids. And look, maybe it used to be, and maybe you know, that's a stereotype, but my mum's on Instagram. My mum's yeah. 65 years old. And to right. be honest, my mum's probably your best client because you know how long she takes on Instagram? She, she, my mum actually reads every single post. Oh, bless her. Scroll, read it, look it. So, but I think that isn't an older generation thing. I think the yeah. younger you are, the more you just scroll through like that, right? But the older you right, are, yeah. the more time. The younger is the instant gratification is, do I need to do a care? No. The older yeah. generation is like, oh, I, this is important. I must read it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a good point there. I love how you mentioned the TSA gen, like, that's the most boring organization in the world, you know, if, if they can make it fun and, and it may not lead to a direct sale. It's not like the TSA is going to make a post and everyone's like, oh, great, I'm going to go and get a job there or something. Right. But, it, but it may um, be like, oh, the TSA, they're pretty cool on Instagram. I might not kick up a stink when they ask me to, you know, do the, the, the suspect check or whatever it may be. Well, and they use it for educational content. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Like seriously, go follow the TSA, just literally at TSA. And their, their, their content is entertaining. It's very humorous, mm. but they answer questions. So if you are going to be traveling and you want to know if you can carry something on, if you want to know if this is, has to go in your check bag or carry on, if you want to know how early you should show up to an airport, they will answer questions and they provide all of that in their content. So they're providing a service as a service-based business within their witty, fun, entertaining content. Yes. Love that. So that's another good tip for everyone watching as well. It's like, that's good value. I'm like, hold on, I'm going to follow them because I know when I want to travel to the US, I want to know all these answers, you know? Yeah, So I'm going to follow them to to stay up. So important there. I love how you mentioned the link side of things because I know that from a user, right? I'll I'll hit anyone, any idiot's link on Facebook to get a free thing, you know? But if it's on Instagram, if I've got to get out of the story and then go to their profile and then click the link... I'm only doing that if I really, really want it, you know? Exactly. So if you get my details on Instagram, I'm an easy sell. You know, give me a call or, you know, right. follow you're me up. You're a hot on, on lead. Some... If you clicked on that link, you're a hot lead. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, and then probably my favorite part was what you mentioned at the end was about, you know, you, you posted something and then someone interacted and you were best friends. What, and it's different. It's probably a bit different being in the marketing space as well. But I, I feel if you're not in the marketing space and you add someone as a friend you don't know on Facebook, you're almost a stalker. You know, yes. so much, you know, like if you want to add me on Facebook, you're going to find out what date I joined Facebook, what middle school I went to, right. how complicated my relationship is. You know, there's so <laughs> much info in there, right? But on Instagram, you're going to find three lines about my business, you know, how, how, um, so I'm a lot more, me personally, I don't care, but I can understand how other people yeah. may be a lot more open to, Oh, I don't know if I want to add this person as a friend that I don't even know, but Oh, okay. I'll let them follow me on Instagram. And I, and I will point out like my Facebook, my personal Facebook profile mm. is on lockdown. 
Like mm. you can see anything I share publicly by all means, yep. but that's where I share everything about my daughter, what mm. we're doing in our personal lives, what I'm doing on my weekends. And I only, I have less than 500 friends on my Facebook profile and they're people I've actually met in real life that I actually consider to be friends or good acquaintances of some sort. Yep. I don't connect with people on my Facebook profile, yeah. my Facebook page, my Facebook group, by all means. But again, those are my brand areas mm. and I keep them separate for very important reasons because I am out there for people to find me on the internet. And I want my personal Facebook to be that my personal space. And I don't accept friend requests. And once I explain to people, they usually understand, but yeah, I have like hundreds of people that reach out regularly. Cause they hear me mm. on a podcast or something. And they're like, Oh, let me connect with Jen. And I'm like, mm, sorry. So connecting on Instagram is a better way because I'm still sharing stories and other content related to what I do. And you still get to keep up to date on things but it's in my way of sharing that as a brand. And that allows me to kind of protect myself as a business owner and, you know, my daughter and that sort of thing from all of that additional exposure. Yes. Love that. And we'll even, I'll, I'll even piggyback off that a bit. Cause I think this is a very important point for, for the, the listeners here where this is a big distinction. I see Facebook and Instagram, if you're going organically, right? Let's mm-hmm. say you're, let's say you're, you're, you're not ready for paid ads at this stage. You're only going to use organic strategies. Now, my opinion, and I'm, I think you'll agree as well, Jen, is if you're going to use Facebook organically, the business page is almost a waste of time. You know, unless you're, unless you're also putting ads on there, it's almost a waste of time. The it's only- hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you have a really well-managed Facebook page and a mm. really loyal audience and you are really good with your content strategy, mm. you can still do Okay good well um on your facebook page but it's hard it is hard to get that reach and exposure because facebook does really cinch back that that exposure and reach on the facebook pages and and even even that even if you do have that good following and you know good content like you'd be better off just doing that same thing on instagram and you'd probably get 10 times the the following you know easily and then we have a guest that wanted to come in and say hi hello how are you (laughs) what's your name Sabrina. Sabrina. That's a nice name. That used to be my favorite TV show when I was a kid. Hey, if you're listening <laughs> on the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast, by the way, Jen's got her daughter here. If you're just thinking, why is this guy just talking to, to Ray? <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, do, uh, do yeah, you want to say hello? Mom. Do you want to say hello to all the course creators? Oh, okay. Do you want to say hello? Yeah. Wave your hand and say hi. You have to say it because they can't, they can't see, they can hear. Say hi. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, so, the, and then, okay, talking about Facebook. So if you're just going to go organically, the business page is almost a waste of time. Your only yeah. real option is to use your personal Facebook profile. And if you don't want to do that for the reasons Jen mentioned, you're almost gone on Facebook, but that's okay. Instagram is then your better option. Don't, don't waste your time, you know, fiddling around there, go all in on Instagram. 
And that's the thing, because again, Instagram doesn't hide content. Mm -hmm. And if you're creating quality content that connects with your audience, which again, that's a strategy, right? You need to know who your audience is. You need to know what they want. You need to know how to create visual content on Instagram that appeals to them to get their attention, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're doing it well on Instagram, it's, a, it's easy compared to what you're doing on Facebook. Facebook, mm -hmm. I, you know, I jokingly say we love it and hate it all literally in the same blip of a second. Um, you know, and it's the one platform that really wants you to put your head through a wall is, is Facebook. It's hard. It's complicated. And Instagram, once you understand how it works and what content works for you, it's so much easier than Facebook. Yes, agree. All right, let's get into some tactics now. So yeah, someone's watching this, right? And maybe they're they're half on Instagram, but they're they're not all inside of things. Let's let me ask let's think where to start. Let's start even with with business versus personal in a few different ways, whether it's the actual account, making it a business account, selecting a business account or a personal account, or whether it's the name, you know, do you write Jen Herman or do you write Jen's trends or, you know, do you make it more personal? Do you make it more business? It's obviously going to depend for, for what it is, but can you give us some tips and pointers there on, on who should go each way? Yeah. So if you're using it at all for business or your brand, you should be a business profile. There is no reason to stay as a personal profile. You get so many more benefits by being a business profile and you do not get punished. You do not get reduced reach. It is not like Facebook. So there's, there's no excuse not to be a business profile. So you absolutely want to upgrade to a business profile if you have not yet done so. You could also become a creator profile if you want, which is similar to a business. It has some of those businessy features, but most of the time, there's also some restrictions. And if you're a course creator, you want to sell, you're going to want to do business. You're not just creating content like an influencer would be just to create content about themselves. So I would definitely look at upgrading to a business profile if you haven't already. To do so, you just go into your, your account. Um, I don't know, remember, they keep moving it. So it's either under settings or edit profile, but you'll see the option for business. Um, and you can change and upgrade to your business profile there. It's usually one or two buttons in. But definitely do that. And then in terms of setting up the profile, couple things to think about. Your name, which is the name on the profile, the bold letters when you look at someone's profile, and the username, which is the, the name at the very top of the screen if you're looking at someone's profile, or the username is how you are known when you post or interact. So when someone leaves a comment, they're, they're using it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, so my, my username is at j-e-n-n-s jens underscore trends that's my username which is my brand name my name is jen herman and then i have an emoji and i put instagram expert sometimes i put speaker blogger whatever depending on what's going on the reason why these two areas are so important is because they're the only two searchable criteria for a profile if someone goes to search and they're looking for an account Instagram doesn't care what's in your bio, in your link, in any of your content. The only areas it's going to search for information is your name and your username. So if you are selling a course on how to be a photographer, then you want something related to photography or photographer in there. If you are selling a course, you know, for homeschooling, because right now that's what I'm doing, that's on my mind, <laughs> then you would want something in there related to homeschooling. So make sure you have that keyword in either the name or the username. It's usually easier to put those keywords in the name field because the name field is easily editable. You mm -hmm. could change your name every day of the week if you wanted to. 
the username, once you have picked your username, that is your URL. So it's Instagram.com slash your username. So if you change your username, you change your URL, which means any backlinks or any links to your content are gone. So we don't want to change your username once you set it up and established it for your brand, but the name, you can change it as often as you want and try mixing it up by, like I said, you know, putting in an emoji, changing out those keywords, look and see what kind of works for you. If you are a course creator and you are your brand, much like I am, think about what people are looking for. How are you known online? Do they know your website name? Do they know your name? Do they know the course name? So if your course name is, you know, like a trademark or unique brand name, that should probably be in the name field. You don't have to have your name if they're going after the course name, not so much you as the creator. So just really think about that. The profile, which is the bio is 150 characters. And this is your first impression. And it's really key to understand that when people come to Instagram and they look at your profile, pretty much the only time anyone's reading your profile is the first <laughs> time they visit you. Even though they'll come again to click on the link and go, they're not going to read the profile. So that is a first impression. That's your selling point of why would they want to follow you? Why would they want to connect with you? So think about it from like that 30 second elevator pitch, like who are you? What do you do? And what's in it for them? So there's kind of the three criteria mm, and the what's in it for them is really important as well. Like why would they follow you on Instagram? Why would they click on your link? Like why should they care? Are they going to get something for free? Are they getting, you know, early access? What's in it for them? And don't make it too businessy, corporate-y. Mm. It's Instagram, okay? People still like to have fun, throw in some emojis, have a little personality. If you look at mine, that's where I say I'm mom to a mini fashionista. I talk about me as a person because people connect with people. And if all I wrote about was, you know, globally recognized Instagram expert, mm. you know, keynote speaker, all I do is they're like, okay, mm. who is she? That doesn't tell them about me personally. So find some ways to personalize that content with what makes you unique. Also a pro tip when it comes to writing your profile, have somebody else write it for you. Mm. If you have a team, um, ask, ask anybody on your team you know, ask your spouse, ask your friend, ask mm. your cousin. I don't care. Ask other people and say, if you could describe me and my business in 150 characters, how would you do it? And then you can take those kind of compilations and figure out what you want to do to compose your final version. Because in all honesty, we suck at talking mm. about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all do, right? We all want to say this and we want to mm. say so much. And other people can come in and be like, oh, but this is what you do. And you're like, that's what I do? Mm. Oh, okay. Because how you convey and what people retain may be different. So definitely look at having someone else write that up for you. That's such a good idea. I've never heard someone say that before, but I love it now. And it, even some clients, customers, past clients, yeah. a few of them, and you might see some patterns. And I think especially when, when you mentioned what's in it for them, because it's the other thing, I think a lot of the time, especially as a course creator, we see ourselves as the expert, right? And we want right. to get our expertise across, which is fine. However, most people don't really care. What's, they want to know what's in it for them. So we need to make and sure. That's such a good point, right? Like if, if someone has a problem, your course mm -hmm. is solving their problem. They don't care about who you are and what you do. They want their problem solved. Yes. <laughs> so what problem does your course solve? What is the 
outcome of taking your course or hiring you, working with you, that sort of thing, that's that what's in it for them. And if you can succinctly put that into like a one line bullet point, you got it. Yes. And I, I'll piggyback off that. My background being in the fitness industry, again, that's key for that. If you're a yeah. personal trainer, fitness instructor, and you just say, hey, I've got a degree in kinesiology and I'm an expert, and I've got a, a, a postgrad in nutrition and I'm good at what, I, no, but if some, some other one with some other person with no qualifications, not saying it's the right thing, but they could come on there and be like, hey, lose 10 kilos in 10 days with this program. Everyone's going to click on that there and not saying exactly. it's the right thing or the, the healthy thing, but just to sort of say with that philosophy where it's like, you can list yeah. all the qualifications, no one clicking, you give the result, people are going to click. And that's just it. And so, yeah, if you can put that, into the bio and then that becomes translatable across your content obviously we whatever that that outcome is that's what you're actually giving people but it's key to get that in your bio so people recognize that that's their tangible value out of connecting with you yes love it all right cool let's talk a little bit about content in instagram now there's a few different ways we can go about this and, and one thing i i uh, like about you jen you mentioned it last social media world and i had a quick look at your instagram and i think you're still on a similar sort of page where you're not a huge poster on the feed. And I, I, quite, I resonate with that because you know, a, lot, a lot of people will say, hey, you've got to post a million times a month on your thing. And I'm like, <laughs> so many things to do. So, but let, let's talk generally about the content. And, and with Instagram, there's, you know, there's stories, there's the feed, there's TV, there's the reels now. What I think we do just for time's sake and for simplification's uh, sake, we, we, you'd agree that the two major ones would be the story and the feed at this yes. stage, right? Yeah. Yes, so 100%. Yeah, let's spend just a couple minutes there if yeah. you can let my listeners know, hey, what's what's the feed and what's the importance of the feed? And then yeah. what's the story and, and the importance of the story? Yeah, and they are very different. It's important to know that stories and feed are mutually exclusive of each other. Algorithmically, how one performs has no impact on how the other performs. What works on one does not work on the other. They are completely different platforms within one. It's, it's a whole world of crazy, which is why people get overwhelmed and confused and, and throw their hands up and go, I just can't figure this thing out. So quick tips. Uh, when it comes to the content feed, that's when you click on the home icon and you see the feed that scrolls through of all the people that you follow. Every piece of content from every account you follow is in that feed if you scroll far enough back. If you create a feed post, it will show up in the feed of your followers. So when it comes to feed content, uh, you know, as John was kind of uh, alluding to, I am not a fan of, of a lot of content. Now, my daughter's account, which like I said, is it's, first of all, it's a smaller account, but it's a mommy blogger account, but we do things every day. I have fresh new relevant content almost every day. So on her account, I post about five times a week, once a day, five days of the week. Not always consistently, but it's a bit more content than what I'm used to. But I have high quality content that re that relevant to the audience that I know is going to perform. On my Jen's Trends account, I post one to two times a month. That's it. Love that. And that's because people follow me for Instagram news and updates. Mm. So if there's no news and updates, I'm not filling it with fluffy, filler, mm. irrelevant content that they don't care about. Yeah. I may mix in the occasional puff piece here and there because it's still relevant to my ultimate out goal or outcomes. And, and I'm, I'm still know that it's going to be a value to my audience, but I'm not posting photos of my dinner or of the rainbow <laughs> or anything else. It's all content specific. And my audience knows when they see my face show up in their feed, 
they're going to know what's happening that day on Instagram or that weekly update or whatever it is. So I only post one to two times a month. You can find that happy medium. On average, the a general good rule for most businesses is about three to five times a week. That being said, as a course creator, you probably don't have enough content for that. So I would tell you to go one to two times a week. And the reason why is because the way the algorithm works on Instagram, if you post content that does not perform well, meaning your audience scrolls past it and doesn't interact with it, that becomes a negative ranking algorithmically. If they see it and interact with it, that's a positive ranking algorithmically, which means you show up higher in that person's feed each and every time. So if you're producing content that is not getting interactions, you start to rank lower and lower in each of those feeds, they're going to stop seeing your content. So if you're forcing content on them, it's actually going to hurt you. So instead, save your content for the things that are most important. It could be a quote. It could be an inspiration. It could be a behind the scenes. It could be an update to an, a new, you know, uh, module in the course. It could be the launch of the course, whatever it is, high quality content that is relevant to your audience, whatever that looks like to you. Like I said, one to two times a week is probably more than enough. Uh, key tips for success on content online on Instagram, uh, put a human being in it. So don't just have a, you know, a photo of your course, have somebody holding a book um, or have you sitting at a computer and shoot over your shoulder so that you can see kind of you in front of the computer. When you add a human component, you get more engagement because people connect with people. Uh, the color blue is a fun little uh, tidbit that you can do if you have a blue logo. Right? That worked out rather well for me. <laughs> But even the blue sky, if you have blue in your photo, that generally generates about 20 to 30% more engagement in Ooh. your content. Not across the board a guarantee. And if blue is not on brand for you, that's okay. But test out and see what colors work best with your audience. I'm going to get a whole new wardrobe. I'm going to go shopping this right? weekend. And <laughs> blue hats and blue tees and blue right? shoes and yeah. <laughs> So you definitely want to, you know, think about those sorts of things. Like, like if you just go outside, there's some blue sky that could help. Um, animals can be great for added exposure and reach because everyone loves cute animals and babies. So if you have, you know, a, a resident dog or cat in your house, you know, maybe just throw in a couple photos of them here and there with your course material. Have them sitting next to your computer when you take that photo. Mm. Also, think about it from a photo perspective or even videos. But in the case of photos, Typically, a photo will outperform a graphic. And when I'm saying graphic, I mean the horribly bold color with a lot of text and a lot of busyness that does really well on Facebook. Those usually suck on Instagram. So instead of taking what was a PDF flyer, instead, take a really good photo. Again, it could be a photo of your computer at your desk or of, of your phone. If you have a second phone that can take a photo or a camera that can take a photo of something on your phone and then put all the image or the details that would have been in the graphic, put those in the caption as actual text in the post. Keep the text off of your images. People don't like that on Instagram. Sometimes, you know, things like a motivational quote or things like that can sometimes still do well on Instagram, but those graphic type things with, you know, coming soon or no, please, for the love of all things, don't do it. <laughs> Agree. Okay. So stories, uh, when it comes to Instagram stories, forget everything I just said, <laughs> um, more is better. <laughs> mm. 
So on Instagram stories, they only last 24 hours. They are short form content. And so if your audience is only logging in once every three or four days, if you posted yesterday and they log mm. in tomorrow, they may not see your stories. So to have consistent content allows there always to be something there for your audience to see when they log in. It can encourage them to be more active in participating with your stories. Now, that being said, a story could be a singular post. It doesn't have to be 10. It could be something simple with a single post. It can be a bit more of the behind the scenes, your personal life, what you're dealing with as a personal brand. All those sorts of things are really good in stories. Stories have higher ad recall than any other type of content. And by ad recall, it means the likelihood that someone will remember what they saw in that piece of content. So if someone watches your story, I want to say it's seven times, I could be wrong, but they're seven times more likely to remember what they saw in your story than what they saw in your feed and then versus, you know, Facebook, Twitter, anything else. The way stories are created, the way that that content is consumed, there's something that happens psychologically that really creates a unique interaction with that content that allows people to retain that information that much better. So people typically, not always, I'm the exception to this rule, people typically see better conversions from stories. So if you can do that, you know, click on the link in my bio. If you can ask a question in the story, use the poll sticker, the question sticker, do those sorts of things, you're typically more likely to get those results and conversions from a story than from a feed post. Of course, you want to test, test, test. Um, and then, yeah, so with stories, you get all those fun factors, right? You can doodle, you can do text overlays, you can do, you know, all the stickers. I wouldn't say more is better, but some is better. Mm. So just having a blank story is kind of boring. People expect mm. to see the stickers and the overlays and, and those types of things, which again, goes against everything I just said about the <laughs> cleanliness of having a feed post. So it, there's definitely differences experiment with stories. Definitely. If you're not comfortable with them, don't start doing them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go watch stories, go learn from other accounts, go learn from your celebrities and news sources and people that, you know, friends and family that you follow, then go look at your competitors, go look into what other people are doing with their stories, get some inspiration, get some understanding of how stories work, how many you should have, what they should look like, all of that, you start pulling it all together and then you can start creating your own at that point. But don't just jump in. You'll overwhelm yourself and you'll be really confused. So take some time to learn that, that side of the platform. Yes, love it. Wow, so many good tips again. Let me summarize uh, some of those. So <laughs> yeah, I, lo I love the, the not posting too much in the feed. So with my personal one, I hardly ever only post in there if I like win an award or something, you know, and, <laughs> and it works. I get heaps of likes, well, I hardly ever right? post, but when I do, I get a heap of likes and that. So I know my algorithm is good there, uh, but I quite like the, the stories because I yeah. feel when they first came out, I was like, what? They go away in 24 hours. Why would I waste any time posting on here if it disappears in 24 hours? That's the right? dumbest thing I've ever heard. But now <laughs> I think the opposite because it's like, what I like about it, me personally, is it doesn't have to be a perfect photo. I don't have to win an award to, to post it. You know, I can post whatever I want in there. And if it sucks, it goes away in 24 hours anyway. So it, it doesn't matter. But and here's the, and this is why I think why conversions are so much higher because we try so hard in the mm. feed. 
Yeah. It's so polished and perfect yep. and, and the perfect phrasing and, and the perfect call to action. And it, because it's, it's eternal, it's never going to go away. Mm. But when we get into the stories, we're like, Meh, it'll be gone in 24 hours. And yeah. we essentially let our hair down, right? Yeah. We're a little bit more raw. We, we don't care if it's polished and perfect. And that's the real us. Mm. And that's what people connect with. And especially if you're selling a course that you created, mm. that authenticity of connecting with you is what comes through in stories tenfold over what comes through in a feed post. And I genuinely believe that's why stories are so good at driving conversions. Yes, no, I agree hundred percent. And I love your point with the interactions as well. I almost get, I hardly ever comment on anyone's Instagram uh, feed. Uh, Cause a lot of effort, you've got to click the button. I got right? big fingers, you know, and, and typing in there, but with the story, if I can just tap a yes, or if I can leave quick a little replies. comment, quick, yeah, quick replies is good. Uh, and if they don't give me the option to do that, I'm like, oh, I wanted to say something about that. You know, I'm always a bit disappointed right? if there's not. So good tips. But hey, I want to be sensitive on, on your time, Jen. So just a couple of questions I like to finish up with, not even Instagram yeah. related. Now, the audience is all course creators, right? So a question I like to ask all of my guests is, do you have a favorite course platform? Either when you're producing your courses or either when you're as a user, are you like, yes, Kajabi, I love this or... <laughs> Oh, teachable, you know, yes, I want to do this. You, what's your take on course platforms? Yeah. So for in general, um, I, and I, I have to admit, I don't do course creation. Um, Mama ain't got time for that in my life. So I rely heavily on other people to do a lot of things that I don't have the time to do, but I am a huge fan of Thinkific. Um, mm. it's, it can be a little clunky. Um, it's not perfect, but I think in terms of a lot of the tools out there, it is one of the most robust tools and offers a lot of ease of functionality for the end user, not so much for the course creator, mm -hmm. but for the end user. Um, hey Summit has also become really valuable, especially during COVID, um, which is what most of the marketing um, events are running their live oh, seminars, summit. their live conferences are running on Hey Summit. So H-E-Y-S-U-M-M-I-T. Um, and I love it because it's one login and every event, I use the same login mm. and I can go to the individual events. I get all my affiliate info. My course information is uploaded and it doesn't have to be just for like a live event. You could still use it for, for courses. Um, and so personally for me, I've, again, I haven't uploaded anything in terms of yep. creating content there, but as a speaker who's used it, um, I found it incredibly valuable. And I know a lot of events are now running off that platform. So it's got to have some things working for it, at least from that side. Yes. Good tips. Uh, okay. Next question is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor mm. to many, many people out there in the social media space, in the Instagram space, the business space. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? And I sort of ask this in a few different ways. You can either give a mentor that you pay and, and, you know, hey, they're my mentor. They've, you know, directly mentored me. Might be a person you follow on social media that just inspires you when you recommend course creators follow or maybe a, 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 an author um, that you recommend. So oh, I, I have my paid coach. I, I have a coach um, that I've been working with for over a year now, and I love her to death. Her name is Lisa Danforth. Um, and she is 
her, when we first met, she was like, I will hold your hand while kicking your ass. Mm. And I was like, you're my coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need that accountability. Uh, but I want someone, you know, who's, who's not going to pull punches. And I want someone who's going to be, you know, firm with me. Cause I can be, you know, a bit of a bold personality if you haven't noticed. Uh, so I love her to death. She has been worth every penny and more, um, in terms of growing my business and the success that I did. So huge shout out to her in terms of friendship and in terms of content and social media, I would not be where I am today without Mike Alton, um, A-L-L-T-O-N. He's the, um, he runs a social media hat, which is his personal brand, but he also works at Agora Pulse. He's, he's in charge of all the ambassadors at Agora Pulse, but he is single-handedly the, the best content creator I've ever met for all of you on that are listening to this. Please go check him out. Um, you can find him pretty much everywhere on social media as Mike Alton, A-L-L-T-O-N. He can literally write a blog post in his sleep. Um, we always joke that when he's on stage, by the time he gets off, his blog post recapping his event is already published <laughs> and produced and shared like to 4,000 places because he's just this genius at course creation, content creation, blogs. And he has so many incredible resources to help you understand content strategies, which as a course creator is going to be super, super important. So definitely go check him out. Um, He has a bunch of free resources, really affordable resources, um, and lots of good places where you can get lots of help from him. And he's He's one of my best friends as well. Um, so he's one of the ones that he's in the mastermind. There's four of us in a mastermind that good days or bad days, we're all there to, to uplift each other. So I'm super grateful to him. Awesome. Cool. Uh, authors, I, I, I think you know a very good one that's just released a book recently, don't you there, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I may have written a book or two. <laughs> Give so, yourself a plug. Speaking of Mike Alton, um, we recently co-authored uh, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing, which just came out this week um, that we're recording this podcast. Um, it's by Eric Butow, Mike Alton, Stephanie Liu, Amanda Robinson, and myself. And it is literally the ultimate guide to social media marketing. You can find it on all major retailers in the U.S. Um, U.K. and other countries are starting to get it in the next week or two. Uh, but you can check, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of those sorts of things. Um, and they're, they're there uh, to download the book and get everything you need there to answer literally every question you could possibly have um, about social media. There's even a whole chapter in there on uh, influencer marketing, which as a course creator is super, super important to have other people help you launch that and to talk about it and to be, you know, your ambassador for that program. Uh, So there's literally a whole chapter in there that would be really relevant to that as well. Awesome. Love it. And I'll get some links and put them all in the the show notes as well. Um, Jen, that's pretty much all. And, And if you're listening to the podcast, I recommend join Jen's Facebook group. So yes. I'll put the link in the, the show notes. I'll put your Instagram as well, Jen. So Facebook group, Instagram. I'll get a link off you for, for the book and put it there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything, that, that's all <laughs> I pretty much wanted to get through today. Yeah. Is there I mean, anything else you wanted to say? Anything I forgot? Anything you want to finish I, mean, I would with? just say, you know, when it comes to Instagram, one of the things I always like to tell people is just to remember to have fun. Um, I can literally talk strategy all day and I I have, I've done six hour workshops on Instagram. So believe me, I could literally talk all day, but really have fun. It is a fun platform. It's meant to be fun and engaging and conversational and, and community oriented. And sometimes the content you try the least on is the content that performs the best because you just sometimes have to really let go and embrace the fun factor and not try to overthink it as much. So don't stress about it. Be smart, be strategic, but have fun. 
Awesome. All right. Well, Jen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses. 